Last week uh, was just such a joy to be together and worship together with you. I mean, a packed house. You guys brought your family and your friends for Easter Sunday, and that, that was amazing. Uh, what was really cool about that is Chris and Steve and Sarah uh, were baptized Sunday, which was awesome. Uh, great to be able to celebrate with them and that. So many, you know, volunteers like every Sunday come together. It was just a great Sunday, and so I, I just wanted to, to mention that. It was, it was really cool. We kicked off our new sermon series called Starting Over, and we talked about the regrets that we have in, in our life and that we can live life beyond regret, uh, particularly in our relationships and how Jesus and his resurrection makes that, uh, makes that happen. Today we're talking about health. Uh, just like all of us have some sort of regret when it comes to relationships, just about all of us can probably think of something when it comes to our health as well. Now, you're probably surprised by this, but I have some regrets about my health. Um, I, I have come to the stage in my life where I just realize I can't do things the way that I used to be able to do them. Like, uh, th- there's just a page that has turned for me. It used to be, you know, three hours of pickup, basketball, I could, I could go, grab my shoes and go and be, be ready to go, and I'm, and, I'm in, and I'm good. Now it's, I need 15, 20, 30 minutes to warm up before I can do anything. It's really became real for me a couple years ago. A buddy of mine, um, we were playing basketball, and he went to make a move that, that either one of us have, have made a thousand times, right? We're about the same age. He went, and his Achilles went. I mean, just, yeah, y'all know, like, it popped and heard it, and that ever since, like, a couple years ago, that sound reverberates in my brain. Like, anytime I go to do something physical, I go play volleyball or something like that, I'm always thinking, oh, great, you know, what's the next big thing that's going to happen? I used to be able to dunk a basketball. Now, I know you're like, no, you didn't. You couldn't do that. Uh, now I'm not even sure if I could touch the rim, right? I mean, there's so many things that I used to be able to do. I think back and have some regrets that I can't still do some of those things, especially be able to do all those things without putting any work or effort into it, right? I was just able naturally to do that. How many times have you been in a conversation with a group of people? You've got a bunch of kids running around and somebody leans over and, you know, and says, man, can you imagine if we could find a way to bottle up all that energy, energy and sell it? We'd be rich, right? You've heard people say that all the time. Reminds me of George Bernard Shaw. He was asked, what do you think is the most beautiful thing in the world? And in his opinion, this is what he said, youth. He replied, it's the most beautiful thing in this world. And what a pity that it has to be wasted on children. (laughs) Right? I mean, talk about a regret or talk about a sentiment full of jealousy and regret, which is probably uncomfortably true of how many of us think about our health, right? We look at it and we think, oh, man, if I could just have what they have right now, if I had it now, I could use it so much better and it would be great. And granted, one of the big uh, joys of our spiritual hope is that we get to look forward to a time where we're not held back by these bodies anymore. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, that at, at the end, we'll all be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And so the idea of having a brand new body, not having to worry about any of the pain or the sorrow or the tears that we experience as a result of our health, whether it's physical or emotional or whatever it is that has to do with our life, you know, it'll be different, and that's great. But I'm sure some of you, like me, have often wondered or thought, well, God, what about, like, hooking me up with that new body now? Like, I'd, I'll take care of it, I promise. Like, if you just let me, let me in on that now, it'd be great. You know, talk about an incentive for baptism, right? Just think, you know, have that picture of washing sin away and, and being burying the old and coming up with the new. Like, what if we were able to put in that request for the body type, you know, that we're going to get at the end and could go ahead and get that, right? That would be amazing. People would be lined up to be 
baptized all the time. Of course, we probably have a, an uncomfortable number of rebaptisms as well. Uh, we might not take care of things as well as we think we would. We, we would. We can all point to something in our health that we regret, whether it's our height, I wish I was taller, or our weight, or an illness, or something that, a birth defect, something that we're born with and can't, can't change. It's easy for those health regrets to kind of get us in a rut where they're constantly nagging and they're affecting us daily in our, our thought life and our views about ourselves and about other people. But if we really want to live a life beyond those regrets, what we really need to be concerned with is how God views us. And how he's concerned about our physical well-being and our health. And, and granted, like you might be wondering at, at this point, like when we talk about health and we're talking about, you know, eating right or being healthier or the things that we struggle with, the physical limitations that we have, I mean, those, are, those are like, those are physical issues, right? I mean, are those really spiritual issues? Are those things that the Bible even talks about? Is that something that God's really that concerned with it? I mean, he kind of said it and forget it, right? I mean, we just have what we have. We are what we are. Um, but, but actually, it, it absolutely is a spiritual issue. Our health and our regrets are a spiritual issue. And here's why. God created our physical bodies for spiritual purpose. When Jesus is asked what the most important commandment is when it comes to following God, here's the response he gives. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. We think uh, heart, soul, and mind. Like, that makes sense. Those are spiritual things we should use you know, our heart, soul, and mind to love God spiritually, and that's great, like put our energy into it. But what about strength? Like, what does that look like? As Jesus is talking about, he's saying, hey, love the Lord your God with all, all your heart, soul, and mind, and all your strength, all your power, all your ability, all, everything that you are. Love God with those things. And so heart, soul, and mind, and strength. What does it look like to love God with all of our strength in this life, with all of our health and our physical well-being? Well, maybe this video will help. created these bodies of ours and it's God who blesses them and with his help we can keep these bodies working in optimum condition. Are you ready to start your fun to be fit blesser size program? Huh? Come on everybody. All right. Come on everybody. <laughs> Let's put the chairs to the side and we can all bless our size. You know you realize this is why Christians can't have nice things right? You know it's, it's, it's stuff like this. In his book, Starting Over, Life Beyond Regret, Dave Ferguson writes, the number one purpose when it comes to our health and our physical well-being, the, the number one purpose in this life is to make our health as good as it reasonably can be so that we're better prepared to fulfill God's plan for our lives. Like that, that's why our physical bodies are created for a spiritual purpose, is, is to live out God's will and his purpose in our lives. And so what kind of principles or what, what can we look to in the scripture to give us an idea of how God cares about our health and why we should as well? We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 first. A lot of times when you look in the Bible and the New Testament for practical teaching of, of how we apply God's word and, and Jesus' teaching, you're often going to read about a guy named Paul. And he writes all kinds of stuff. He wrote most of the New Testament about how we're supposed to practically apply theology when it comes to various areas of our life. 
And here's, we're going to look at several things that he says. Here's the first thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And certainly, if you, if you look back on the previous verses, the context here is Paul is writing, he's talking about sexual immorality, and he's talking about how yeah, sex affects us in a, in a couple of different ways. Certainly, there's some health you know, consequences or implications when it comes to sex there, right? But the general theological principle that he uses remains the same, and that's this, Christian, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You carry with you the presence of God. God chooses to indwell you. That is a part of your physical reality in this life. The second thing that he points out is that you and I are not our own. That we were bought with a price and that price was paid at the cross and at the resurrection. That we enter into a new state of being as a result of the price that Jesus paid for us. And the third thing that he points out is there's a logical conclusion to this idea, this, this reality, that as, a, as Christ followers, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. They're not our own. And so the logical conclusion is that you and I should honor God with our bodies. Later in the same letter, Paul is addressing disagreement over food. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but you can read about that later. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, he says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So when it comes to the misplaced longing of regret in our lives, it's, it's more than just us wanting to look good in our yoga pants or be impressive when we take our shirts off or, or just being really just wanting to be able to maybe walk normally for the first time or maybe again. It, it's more than just that. It's more than just a physical thing that we're concerned with. It's also a spiritual longing that we have to be as God has intended us to be, to fulfill that whole or that meaning in our life. Our, our regret is pointed to that, not just our physical stuff. See, we've got to recognize this truth is that our physical regrets are not just this thing that we push aside and don't deal with. Our physical regrets impact our spiritual lives. And for our culture, I think there for our culture, I think there are a couple of ways that this really plays out. The first first way is shame. You think about shame, you think about body shame when it comes to our culture and how real that is. Even even though we know at this point, like everybody on the magazine cover, everybody on the picture, you know, on the internet that we look like, the per- person that's got the perfect figure that's set up that's in the advertisement, they're amazing. They've been photoshopped, they've been airbrushed. All the Instagram selfies that we see, you know, you've got 50 copies of the same picture looking for this perfect lighting, the perfect angle of your face, you know, make sure the makeup is perfect so it's, it's like this amazing representation of yourself. And we base our ideas of shame and how we view ourselves on things and standards that aren't even true, like, like that aren't real. We look at these people that are like, here's this amazing physical specimen. Yeah, even that picture of them isn't true. It's been faked. It's been, it's been manipulated in a certain way to make you think a certain thing. And it's a product of our culture and our society, not a real and effective idea of how we should view our health and our bodies and ourselves. 
So, little example, like for, for us, you know, we want to be fit, right? We want to be skinny. We, we want to have, have a perfect shape to our body. It's all based on this idea of having enough money to be able to go to the gym and work out and have the leisure time to do that, spend the money on the right foods and all those kinds of things to, to be able to make that happen. Fly across to the other side of the world in another culture, you know who has better status when it comes to fitness and health and body shape? It's going to be men and women who have more pronounced curvature, because you know what that means in that society is they can afford food. And so that's the person that you want to mate yourself with. That's the spouse that you want to pursue. That's the person that you want to be with because they can afford to feed you. See, not all of us are born with the right body parts or the right body chemistry to be the perfect physical specimen or the f- perfect physical um, representation of ourselves in this life. We live in a broken world, right, because of sin. It's broken spiritually, it's broken physically. And we've got our priorities jacked up by shifting social standards that are based on advertising rather than a godly perspective of our bodies. And so if, you, if, if your regret of health is, is rooted in shame in your life, maybe you need to be reminded of David's words in Psalm chapter 139, verse 14. He says, I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. See, when, when God's view of us isn't the focus, we tend, to, we tend to focus on other things that are harmful for us, like shame. Or we swing the pendulum the other way, and we focus inwardly and on ourselves. Um, you know, one of the things that we can be pretty impressed by is what we're able to accomplish, right? And how we're able to sculpt ourselves and sculpt our bodies. One of the big buzzwords of today is self-care. You've probably heard that. Maybe you've even used it at some point. Self-care used to mean that you had the ability to take a shower, to feed yourself, to brush your teeth, as in like if you were left alone for a day or two, you could survive. That's what self-care used to mean. Now it means something a little bit different. It means, you know what, I need some me time. I need some time to kind of separate myself from adulting, you know, or doing the difficult or hard things in life so I can be distracted by something else. It means I need to ignore the pain or mask the pain or consequences or actions, you know, that, or decisions that I have to face in this life. And so I need to kind of separate myself from that. And so we draw inward and self-focused and, and spend a lot of time on ourselves. You know, advertising has used this. McDonald's in the 70s came out with their campaign, You Deserve It. Who, who has ever deserved McDonald's, right? I mean, it's, don't get me wrong, I, I eat at McDonald's. Like, I, I've, I mean, I've gone there, and I felt, man, I, I definitely deserve this quarter pounder. Which you, right, like, who, who, what does that mean? Come to the spa, you deserve to be pampered. Like, you need a, you need a break, you deserve this in your life. L'Oreal, again, like in the 70s, I, this, this was a big thing, and it's impacted advertising since then. You're worth it. Like, spend all the money on the hair color and stuff, like, you're worth it. You deserve that family-sized bag of Doritos. That may seem strangely specific. (laughs) You've had a tough week. You deserve to to get a little drunk, right? All I really need is a weekend to binge on Netflix and get a Starbucks unicorn drink. I mean, really, I mean, that's that's what I really, Rob, you've gone too far. Here's the deal. You don't need a distraction from what you're getting 
with what you think you deserve in this life. What you need is to be reminded of the glory of God and the magnificence of your risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has saved you and can redeem you from your regrets of health, that there's a reason to move beyond those regrets and put aside your shame and to put aside your self-indulgence. You and I don't need more me time. We need more time seeing ourselves as God sees us. And it starts with us recognizing where regret has come from. Maybe it's a regret of action. I shouldn't have been so reckless about what I ate and all the weight I gained. Maybe your regret is, if only I hadn't spent so many years stressed out about stuff that doesn't really matter. Or maybe your regret of action is, what a fool I was to snort that first line of Coke or take that first drink. Maybe it's a regret of inaction. Maybe you wished you had worked out more. Maybe you'd wish you got more sleep, right? Maybe you wish that you had been going in for your medical exams more regularly. Or maybe it's not something that you did or didn't do. Maybe it's a regret of reaction, something that was done to you or is the reality of life for you. I hate that I have this condition, but I shouldn't let it make me so inactive. Or maybe your regret of reaction is the injury has changed my life forever, but I shouldn't be blaming God for it. Or maybe it's I was born this way, but my life doesn't have to be defined by this this way. So when we're willing to, to not just distract ourselves from our regret, but actually press down into what they're really from or what they're about, it gives us a chance to release them. It might be forgiving yourself for poor decision-making, for forgiving your parents for being a poor example, maybe for you. Maybe it's forgiving others for being misguided and broken people who point out the flaws in others so they feel better about themselves. Maybe, maybe that's what you need to, need to forgive someone else for so you can let it go and move beyond it. It's so important to do this so that we can finally create space for God to redeem our regrets when it comes to our health. God has designed the human body to do amazing things, right? To repair itself after abuse that's been done to it, to adapt to incredible circumstances. And maybe what you need to hear in the midst of your regret when it comes to your health is that it's not too late to start over. It is that, that God can do something with this regret right now, and it's not too late to make a difference. The question is, what's your motivation? Paul says our motivation ought to be that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we're indwelt with the Holy God, and that where we are weak, he is strong. In his second letter to the Corinthians, Paul talks about a physical limitation that he has to his health that he prayed desperately to God to remove. And here's what he shares with the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak then I am strong. Our physical weaknesses are an opportunity for God to demonstrate his strength in our lives. And so Jesus says in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength, with all your being, with all your effort. 
And that when we are ready to, to live beyond that life of regret when it comes to our health and recognize where they're coming from, release them, give forgiveness to ourselves or to others, and then allow God to redeem them, we can be ready to put things practical ways into process that we know that we should already be doing because we have a purpose and a meaning and strength from God to be able to do that. Um, so, so here's what I did. I, just to give you some, some practical tips or tools, advice, I asked three different people from our church that are, how do you say, health conscious, all right? And so they pursue this and they help other people doing this. So I asked my friend Sandra, who is a Zumba master. And by the way, all three of them are very, di- they approach health very, in very different ways. Sandra is a Zumba master. And so I asked her, hey, what are, what, are some, what are some tips, what are some things that you would share with others when it comes to your, to your health? And so here's what Sanders shares. The most, question, the most important question here is, why are you doing it? What's your motivation? She goes on to say, are you doing it for yourself to feel better, to be healthier and have more energy, or is it because of someone else? And she's pointing out that idea of, like, is this because somebody's made you feel ashamed of who you are and, and your body image is based on something that's not true? Or are you doing this because you know, like, this is, this is a good thing for me to do, to be healthier in this life? With that being said, she, she goes on to say, make sure you establish goals, but make sure that they're goals that are within your reach and that will keep you motivated. She, she says so many of us compare ourselves to gorgeous models you know, that we see on TV or, or in the magazines, and we want to be, be that. And she says, no, nah, the, the goal here is to be the best version of ourselves that we can be, not the best version of somebody else. It's not fair to our goals and our ambition and to have ambitions to look like those people Take the time and the discipline and the sacrifice and dedication and approach it with a kick-butt attitude to be the best you that God has created you to be. Exercising is a lifestyle, but you need to find the type of exercise that you actually enjoy so you stick with it. And she, she goes on to say, people come to her Zumba class not because like, they're amazing dancers and can do all this crazy stuff, because they enjoy it and they like doing it with the community that they're with. And so she goes on to say, when exercising becomes an essential part of your life, and instead of being a chore, you'll start to see results, a better and stronger you, and you're going to like what you see. My friend Lisa, who is a kick-butt personal trainer, former basketball player, uh, kickboxer, she can, like, she could take out anybody in here. She's, she's amazing. Um, here's what she says. She says, make an appointment with your doctor. Get a physical and actually figure out what's going on. Is, is, your, is your issue, is it weight loss? Is it nutrient intake? Is it cardiovascular exercise? Like what, what do you need to do to be healthier and to move past your regret? Actually deal with it, recognize it, and keep that appointment. And she goes on to say, and this is what I think is interesting about all three of these people, is don't do this on your own. Share it with someone. Share it with a loved one, someone who's going to support you. Get a, be a part of a community who's working out together together. Uh, Train toward, uh, towards a specific goal as part of a community, a rec team, a small group of friends, local gym, etc. And most importantly, have fun with doing it. My friend Jason, who can bench you, um, and martial arts and all that kind of stuff. Like Jason, I, I got to tell you this quick story about Jason. All right, Jason and I went to college together. Um, Jason was, we were in a cafeteria. He doesn't even remember this. Jason does feats of strength all the time. Like it's an everyday thing for him. So high school, a group of high schoolers comes in, some conference we're, we're having at the college, comes in, this kid comes in, he's six foot eight. I mean, just massive. I mean, the, the, the kid is stacked. 
Uh, and he, he comes in, he's huge. And Jason's over here. Jason, if you don't know Jason, he's about 5'5", five, five, all right? But Jason's arm is like bigger than my body, like just one, one arm. And so this kid comes in, he's enormous. I've never seen a kid quite that big before. Uh, Jason's there. And somehow, I don't, I don't know, they're talking or something like that. They end up arm wrestling, which is, which is crazy. And, uh, and Jason's here with this kid. You know, Jason's sitting at the table. So it's Jason, the six-foot-eight kid. And Jason's just, boom. I mean, just takes him out. It was crazy. It was the most impressive thing. Anyway, all right. <clears throat> Jason uh, does online fitness. He coaches people with health. And one of the things he points out is, like, people don't come to him. And they're like, I'm in great shape. And so I just want to hang out with you. And they come because they have regrets about their health. They want to change something. Their nutrition intake. They're exercising um, whatever, whatever it has. And here, here's what Jason uh, shares. Your, the first thing is your health is your number one asset in your life, right? Like that's the first resource that God gives us. We're, we're born and we have these physical bodies to be able to accomplish his will and his purpose for our life. So treat it as a priority, not just your inconvenient New Year's resolution. The second thing is, regardless of, Jason writes, regardless of your struggle or where you are in your health journey, make a serious commitment to regular fitness and nutrition. Um, focus on your goal each day, your 98, and, and find accountability. You're 98% more likely to succeed if you don't try to do this on your own. He writes, commit to learning and staying faithful to your journey. Research, talk to other people who are, who are doing this. Find healthy ways to get into this. You didn't get there overnight, and you won't fix it overnight. The journey won't be easy, but it will always be worth it. And, and Jason uh, concludes with, with this. Just as in your spiritual journey, regret and guilt are fine for a brief moment, right? If they, if they inspire us to do something differently, that's great. In the end, you must set them aside and focus each day on the result you want to, to reach to reach your goals. Focusing regularly on regret and negativity can ultimately cause you to give up, which will result in more regret, right? We get into the same pattern and rut. Focus on a true lifestyle change and seek out a mentor if necessary. I was talking, talking with a friend of mine uh, about this and about this message, and here's, here's the reality for his life as he's talking about regrets of health and the ways that's impacted his life. He's got three boys. Um, his third boy was born with Down syndrome. And so as a family, when that happened, um, there are a lot of things that went through their minds, like how are we going to deal with it, how are we going to handle this, what are we going to do? Um, and since then, they've come to an amazing place as a family and how they've surrounded this and how it's impacted their lives. And one of the things for him is we talked about health, and you know, he's not, he's not going to the gym, like working out three times a day and all this kind of st stuff and focused completely on himself. We said, you know, one of the considerations I need to make about my health is it's not just about me. My older two boys will move out at some point. They'll go off and go on about their lives. But, but, but our littlest one, when he grows up, he's going to be staying with us. I, I mean, as far as looking out into the future, the way life is going to be, it's always going to be the three of them. And, and that as he gets older, he's going to need to be in a place where he's healthy enough to be able to help take care of him, right? And so they can be a family and so he can help them out. Our, sometimes the unexpected unexpected health happens in life because of sin, sometimes because of sin that we've done, sometimes because we live in a broken regret. But whatever it is, whatever that regret of health that you have is, God can take it and redeem it. He can help you start over. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8 through 10, Paul writes this to his protege, Timothy. He says, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things 
holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. May we allow God to redeem our health for his glory. Based on the promises that he has given us for this life and life to come and how he wants to work in and through us as we carry his presence with us in our lives. May you and I allow our health regrets to be changed and to move us away from shame and move us away from self-indulgence to be an opportunity for God to show his strength in our weakness. Every week at Velocity, we, we share in communion together. We take the bread and we drink the cup. And what we do is we proclaim this truth that Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we read earlier is that when I'm weak, then I'm strong. What we do when we take the bread and we take the juice is that we proclaim our weakness. That, that in our spiritual and our physical weakness, we were desperate that we were never going to be able to heal ourselves or to get rid of our brokenness, that we always needed the strength of God to pull us through that. It's in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus that we are strong, that our physical and our spiritual lives are sustained. It's not based on our own willpower or finding something within ourselves to make that happen. It's, it's through the cross. It's through the blood of Jesus. And as Christ followers, that's the reality that we get to live into and live out of. Let's pray.